Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. When you find yourself in these positions where a male coworker, a boss, a client is, you know, really pushing you, trying to dominate you, our usual response is to just hold ourselves together and not respond. Because if you're too hot, they accuse you of being angry. If you're kind of apologetic, like, please don't do that to me, you're accused of being weak. She was so angry. She was shrill. You know, those are the words meant to keep women in their place. And I'm not putting up with it anymore. Welcome to Tell Me It's Going to Be Okay, the show about the president who's been described as a Rumpelstiltskin inflated with a bike pump. I'm your host, Mia Friedman. And a few weeks ago, on the other podcast I host, No Filter, I interviewed Anne Helen Peterson. Anne is an American journalist, and I'm a huge fan. What sets her apart from most journalists is the fact that she's also a doctor of celebrity. She has a PhD in celebrity from the University of Texas, and she's just this year released a book called Too Fat, Too Slutty, Too Loud, about the rise of the unruly woman. She currently works as a senior culture writer at BuzzFeed News, and when I was interviewing her for No Filter, naturally... We started talking about Trump and it was really interesting. She said that she had the idea for the book and she was commissioned to write it before Trump took office, before the rise of Trump. And she said that now there's been a real backlash to unruly women because we have an unruly president. We spoke about Bernie compared to, say, Hillary, who's called shrill, even though Bernie just shouts like a maniac in all his rallies. He was never called shrill. We talked about Trump. We talked about Ivanka. And we also talked about a story she wrote for BuzzFeed, which I suggest you seek out. Google, get on the Google machine. It's called The Gossip President. And it's really about how Trump has always been a creature of gossip and he is being the president through this lens of gossip. Gossip he consumes, gossip he propagates. So we chopped out all of those parts from the No Filter interview, which you can find in the if you subscribe to No Filter, you can listen to that where we talk more about the celebrities in her book. Um, but this is the special snippet of my chat with Anne Helen Peterson just for you guys. It's interesting when you talk about Hillary being shrill. I suppose the three dominant figures in the the US election last year were Bernie Sanders, Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. Now, Donald Trump doesn't speak in complete sentences, apart from just the substance or lack of of what he says. Bernie Sanders just shouts. Yes. <laughs> and yet yep. those things were never commented on. They They had these passionate supporters that talked about, as you say, how charismatic they were. Well, and I think the thing about Trump, I, I read a really great article about how he most resembles or his his rallies most resemble, you know, revivalist tent meetings of the 20th century. So 
in some ways he has this old school evangelical style that isn't necessarily great oration. As you pointed out, he doesn't really speak in complete sentences, but there's the cadence. There's the way that he kind of mixes humor and encouraging, you know, people to yell, to, to go into these sorts of chants that it makes it feel like a tent revival. And that has the effect of really riling people up in favor of, of him, even if he himself does not have what we would consider traditional charisma. And you've called Donald Trump the gossip president. You wrote a fantastic article for BuzzFeed about how he is the president of gossip. What did you mean by that? News emerged that he had leaned on his contact. So he's good friends with the person who owns several of our tabloids over here. So two of our political commenters kind of turned their back on Trump. And so Trump had decided, okay. Joe and Mika, we know everything here. Like we are full Trump fans. I don't want to assume that people know like these silly vagaries of American politics. Oh, we are following it like like gossip. This is is the thing I was going to ask you about. The celebrities that we're interested in and the gossip that we are consuming is the, what's going on at the White House. I don't wake up and look at the Daily Mail to see what Kim Kardashian's done. I wake up and look at the New York Times to see what's happened in the White House overnight. Totally. And this was my point about how like our biggest celebrities right now are all politicians. Yeah. And so Ivanka's yeah. included in that. Kellyanne. Um, but Kellyanne's in that circle, the mooch. Like the reason the people were so, I don't know, excited isn't necessarily the word, riled up, interested about the appointment of the mooch is like, oh, look at this crazy new celebrity that's in our sphere. And I think that, the, you know, the way that we react to them, all of it, like we can't see it clearly yet. Like I, when mm. we're writing about this in five years, it's going to be so fascinating to see how we can, how we see it with the, you know, vantage point. But right now, it does. It seems like I'm living in a really bad gossip column. Yes. And with your academic celebrity eye and your understanding of how celebrities and and those around them manipulate the narrative to their advantage, Mm -hmm. I imagine that's what you're seeing. You know, you, you can see how that's playing out in the White House. I mean, I'll admit. I was disappointed that the mooch has been fired because (laughs) it was great. Well, one thing that's really interesting is, you know, gossip has long survived on people giving anonymous tips. Like, you know, Mm. if you read a piece, it's like sources close to Angelina Jolie say that, you know, and that's what essentially all of the reporting on the intrigue inside the White House is. It's like, according to sources close to Ivanka, or, you know, it's the same thing. It's just that, the, you know, the future of the free world is at stake instead of like whether or not Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt are going to get back together. And there's a lot being said about how Ivanka is crafting her own image by back-channeling every time he does something appalling, like say transgender people are banned from the military suddenly there's a story in sympathetic media saying you know sources say that Ivanka and Jared fought hard against this or were totally blindsided like oh poor them that like they had no idea that this was going to happen and then so it seems like it's out of their control and then there was also something this morning that was like Ivanka only wants to be held responsible for things that she is working on specifically. And I'm like, Ivanka doesn't get to decide these things. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. So my mother has actually a theory that he is going to get a second term because we will become addicted 
to the gossip and to the spectacle of this as a reality show in the same way that we want there to be another season of the Kardashians. Do you think there's a danger in that, that this has become the new gossip, except it's actually the future of the free world? I mean, I do think that there is a danger of coverage of actual policy, which has, you know, actual effects on the way that people live their lives across the world, that that has been subsumed with this sort of palace intrigue. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the thing about American voters is that they rarely vote for who they want. They more often vote against who they don't want. Mm -hmm. And so (laughs) it would be hard, you know, like, and I've seen this in my reporting, like, it's not that so there were a lot of people who wanted Trump as president. I would say there were you know, many, many people who also didn't really like Trump, but didn't want Hillary as president. So they were voting against Hillary as much as they were voting for Trump. So and the so, idea of an unruly, shrill woman was so repugnant, they preferred to put a pussy grabber in the Oval Office. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. And also, you know, combine that with this idea that you... We wanted someone in the White House who could shake things up. That's why so many Bernie voters who once Bernie lost the nomination went to Trump, which you know seems like it would be a very difficult political conversion to make. But at the same time, both of them you know, wanted to reform the system, were outsiders. It's just that one had the experience to actually maybe do some of that and the other has proven himself to not. Men have always been given license to be unruly, haven't they? I mean, we literally have the most unruly president in the history of probably the world, not just America. Right. And people just say that he's like a man using his power. And isn't it great? You know, it's just Trump being real and Trump being himself. People do ask me, can a man be unruly? And I'm like, you know, if unruliness is marked by transgressing our standards of masculinity, like usually a man, you know, if they do things that are considered unruly for a woman, a man's just considered, you know, he has leadership qualities <laughs> or he's brave. Uh, I think that the, the ways that a man can be unruly are actually not the things that women do. It's, you know, an unruly man is a man who doesn't conform to standards of masculine dress or masculine body. Those things are harder for men who kind of fall outside of those lines of behavior. Because we're very forgiving of unruly men, aren't we, in terms of, and they're almost celebrated. I mean, look at Robert Downey Jr. or Johnny Depp, look at Donald Trump and look at what's been forgiven in those cases, accusations and, and alleged domestic abuse and drug addiction and all of those things. And yet I can't think of a woman, you mentioned Lindsay Lohan earlier, I can't think of a woman who has come back from a Britney Spears, but she seems a bit lobotomized these days. I can't think of an example of a woman who has come back from that level of unruliness. No, I mean, that's the thing is a a woman can be like a firecracker in that way. Like you're fascinated when they are flaming out, but they cannot rebuild themselves um, in part because they can't rebuild their bodies in the same way. They can't rebuild like the way that they've been in public. Like they have been tarnished in a way that cannot be forgotten. And for men, it's just like chapter two. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for this bonus episode. If you like the sound of Anne and want to listen to my interview with her, head over to the No Filter feed in any podcast app. And we'll also include a link in the show notes for this episode. And we will also pop it in the Tell Me It's Going to Be Okay group where everyone gathers in a safe 
Trump free space. Well, it's not a Trump free space, but it's free of Trump trolls. And it's also free of Nigerian Russian hackers who have been trying to infiltrate the Trump group, you guys. I mean, the podcast group. And we keep finding them and kicking them out. So if you find, if you notice a Nigerian Trump troll in that group, kick him out or alert us and we will do so. Here's my recommendation for this episode. If you need a book to read over the holidays, I suggest you go and download Anne Helen Peterson's book, Too Fat, Too Slutty, Too Loud, at apple.co forward slash Mamma Mia. Each chapter is a different woman and why she's too something. So Kim Kardashian is too pregnant. Nicki Minaj is too sexy. Melissa McCarthy is too fat. Hillary Clinton is too shrill. It's really great. Happy New Year. If you want to give us a drunk New Year's call on the pod phone, we'd love to hear it. The number is 02-899-9386. See ya.